Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Job chapter 1 in your Bibles. And we're going to pick up at verse 10. It says, Hast not thou made a hedge about him? Somebody shout, I'm hedged in. I'm hedged in. And about his house and about all that he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands. And his substance is increased in the land. Amen. I want you to look at two people and tell them, give no place to the enemy. Come on, tell them, give no place to the enemy. Come on, tell somebody else, give no place to the enemy. Tonight I want to talk about the intention of God for the believer's life. It's important you understand the reality of God's purpose and God's intention and the blessing that is upon your life and what is intended to produce in and through your life. There are several things God says about Job, but he also says about you because you're in Christ. Somebody shout, I'm in Christ. So there are several things that God says about Job and God says about your life as well. And the first of them is in verse 10. It says, thou hast made a hedge about him. Somebody shout, there's a hedge around my life. Now for those of you that don't understand what that means, that means that the enemy has planned certain things concerning your life to circumvent God's intention, but he can't. Amen. The enemy has been peeking into your situation and, and really has a very intense hatred for you. And if he could destroy you, he already would have. But I want to tell two people, but he can. Um, the enemy has sent certain people that have been peering into your life and, and spectating and, and gazing at your life with evil intent. And, and there's nothing you have done wrong. It's just that sometimes living for God causes certain animosity that is beyond your control. But look somebody tell them, but it won't work because of a hedge. Somebody shout, it won't work because of a hedge. The hedge is this barrier that God has put around your life. It is, it is this, this layer of protection so that God's intention concerning your life can and will be realized. The Bible said the angel of the Lord encamp about them that fear him. Do we have any God-fearing people in the place tonight? Somebody shout, I'm hedged in. Second thing I want you to notice from verse 10 is that the Bible said about Job and about you that you have blessed the work of his hands. Somebody said, I'm blessed. That means that you have God's favor and you have God's protection. That means that you are, look somebody tell me you're sitting next to someone who is pandemic proof, who is recession proof, who is layoff proof, who is downsizing proof. Look somebody tell them all I ever do is expand and all I ever do is increase because of the blessing. So the Bible tells me tonight that not only are you hedged in, but somebody shout, I'm blessed like that. And he says in the last part of the verse, and his substance is increased in the land. And that tells me that everything about your life is multiplying. Somebody shout, everything about my life in Christ is multiplying. Now, I know that seemed like a contradiction to the story of Job. If you look at Job chapter 3, verse 25, it gives a little insight. Those of you that know the story of Job's life, and, and I don't know why we focus so much on what he lost when the end of the story shows us God's intention. Look, somebody tell me the trouble in your life is designed to double your assets. Come on. Would you tell two people the trouble in your life is designed to double your assets? Focusing on the trouble. 
Look, somebody tell me the obstacle is the way. The obstacle is the way. So the, the tough things that you've been experiencing are a confirmation that you're on the right track. The, the blockages that you've been experiencing are a confirmation that breakthrough is just around the corner. The, this strange series of certain things not making sense. Look, somebody tell me it all makes sense in light of the blessing that's on my life. And so some of you right now are about to realize that God set this whole situation up because he, this is your set time of favor. Job said, for the thing that I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Now watch this now. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8. If you want to just take note of these verses, because I got some principles I want to share from Ephesians 4. Ephesians, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, I'm sorry, verse 8, says, he that diggeth a pit will fall into it. And whoever breaks a through a wall, a serpent will bite him. There's another translation that says, whoever breaks the hedge, the serpent will bite him. So there are ways in which believers are unknowingly breaking hedges. Oh, y'all did not hear what I just said. There are ways in which the believers are unknowingly breaking hedges in their lives. And we're going to talk about how those hedges are sometimes disturbed by the behavior of believers. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 26 through 30, and we're going to look at what the enemy tries to do in order to get you to do what he could never do. Michael! No. Jesus! Jesus! Oh, Michael! Look, I want you to look at your people and tell them hedges are never broken from the outside. Come on. Look, somebody tell them the devil can't break into your situation. You got to break out to his situation. So there are things that believers are doing that are unintentionally, unknowingly breaking hedges. Now watch this now. It don't matter if you don't know what you're doing. The Bible says my people are destroyed. Look at somebody tell them ignorance is your enemy. Tell somebody ignorance can do more than witchcraft in your life. Why? Because you may be disturbing something that God has set in motion in your life through your fear, doubt, and unbelief. Job said, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Isn't this something? Job said, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. The one thing I wish never would have happened is the very thing that happened. The one thing that I always had a little bit inward trepidation about is the very thing that happened. The one thing I never gave voice to but always was a secret fear is the very thing that happened. Why? Just like God's trying to get the fear out of your system. Y'all better tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, God's trying to get the fear out of your system. So if you're wondering why God let the very thing that you feared happen, it's because God's trying to get you over all kinds of fears in your life. So there are some things that believers are doing that's tampering. Tell somebody you're tampering with the hinges. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Now watch what it says. It says, be angry and sin not. And don't you dare, tell somebody, don't you dare, let the sun go down upon your wrath. So now watch this now, in the hedge, somebody shout, I'm in the hedge of God. Somebody shout, in the hedge, there are limits to how I use anger. 
Look at somebody tell me, I might get angry, but angry is not going to use me. If you're going to live in the hedge, then the Bible says, watch this now, other people can get angry and stay mad and live mad, but your anger cannot be elongated. Look at somebody tell me, I got to get over stuff quickly. You would tell me, but I don't know about you, but I got to get over stuff quickly. Why? Because the Bible says anger rests in the bosom of a fool, and I'm not the devil's fool. So, so watch this now, write this down. Yeah, so I'm making a pre-decision that if I get angry, lose my temper, it will not last very long. I'm, I'm guarding the heads. Look, somebody tell me, I ain't crazy, I'm just guarding the heads. Look, somebody tell me, I know exactly what you did, but it's more important to guard the heads that's around my life. Come on, tell me, I ain't no fool, and I ain't naive, and I sure ain't blind, but tell me, I'm, I'm guarding the heads that is around my life. Don't you dare bust a hole in the hedge around your life on the sake of no fool. Ephesians 4, 27. Watch what it said. Neither give place to the devil. Hello, somebody. Now, you know what that tells me? That tells me if the enemy's going to find any place in your life, you have to give it to him. You better tell your neighbor, if the Bible told you don't give him no place, that means that he has no place unless you give it to him. Satan's only platform to work in your life comes from you. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, Satan's only platform to work in your life comes from you. You know, we talk about satanic work and demonism as if it's arbitrary. When in fact, watch this now, God does nothing apart from a permission called faith. Somebody shout, God needs permission to work in my life. What do you mean by that? He said, the just shall walk by faith. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Tell somebody, faith is, your, tell somebody, faith is you giving God permission to work in your life. Say, faith is me giving God permission to work in my situation through agreement with his word. So now, what you think about this? If Satan, if God needs your permission to work in your life through a principle called faith, then don't you know that the devil needs your permission? Y'all did not hear what I just said. Tell somebody the devil can't do nothing in your life without your permission. Come on, tell somebody the devil can't do nothing in your life without your permission. And that permission is called fear. Fear, doubt, and unbelief can do more in your life than witchcraft ever could. And that's why I'm concerned about y'all can spot all forms of witchcraft, but you can't see that your unbelief is undermining your life. You can't see your fear is causing visions in your situation. Somebody say, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Look at verse 28. Ephesians 4 says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may give, watch this now, that he may have to give to him that is in need. Y'all got that? So now watch this now. So another thing that causes believers to break hedges in their life. Think about what the essence of stealing is. Stealing is entitlement. Oh my God. Stealing is rooted in pride. I deserve what you work through without your process. So I'm gonna just take it out your house. Y'all hear what I just said? Look, somebody tell me you got to deal with your entitlement. Why? Because if you think you 
are an exception to the rule, then Satan has a way into your life. This is my time. The devil is lord of the shortcut. And if you're entitled, you think that you deserve something without going through the necessary process. God said, God, I'm ready for the process. So believers open hedges in their life. Look at somebody tell them, your impatience is open hedges. It's open hedges. Your impatience is all the room Satan needs to work in your situation. Your impatience is the door Satan has been looking for in order to try to circumvent the plan of God in your life. Listen, my tell is trying to kill your impatience. Why? Because your impatience is room for the enemy to work in your life. So I shall God help me kill my impatience. Y'all got that? Look at verse 29. Y'all still in Ephesians 4? Because listen, my tell we closing doors. Come on, tell somebody, we closing doors. We already read in Ecclesiastes 10.8 that if you break a hedge, a serpent will bite you. Tell somebody, I'm closing doors. If the enemy is going to work in your life, he's got to get your permission. It's an inside job. If you get undermined, it came from the inside. Look what he says in verse 29. This is a huge one. Let no. How, how much is included in no? Somebody said let no. Communi corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace to the others. Watch it now. If you're going to live within the hedge, if you're going to make no room for the enemy, tell somebody you got to watch every word that comes out of your mouth. Looks like I'm killing and creating this in your mouth. Somebody is waiting on your words to do something. Who am I talking to? I said in the realm, in the realm of the spirit, somebody is waiting on your words to do something. Somebody is always waiting on your words to do something. Think about this. The world we live in was created by the words God spoke. Ask somebody, how do you think you got the world you live in? Come on. I'm talking about your life and how it flows. I'm not talking about the earth. I'm talking about the system around you. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. This is a little bit candid, right? Every one of us have our own environment. Yes! Ask somebody, how is it over there in your world? Every one of, my God, every one of us is walking around with our own environment. That means everybody in here got your own world. Ask somebody, how is it over there in your world? Now, what if I told you that the world you living in came from the words you've been speaking? What if I told you that your life is not an accident, it is a result? Because saying, tell us how saying is sowing. The words that come out of your mouth are framing your existence. They're framing your environment. They're creating a culture or they're creating a crush. Tell somebody you got to watch your mouth. Why? Because the enemy is looking for one word. The just shall live by faith. We are told the just shall walk by faith. Now faith coming by and hearing by tells by the only thing coming out of your mouth ought to be the word of God. You ain't doing it right unless somebody criticizes you that you're too spiritual. Why you always gotta talk about the Bible? Because that's the only thing keep me safe.
Somebody got to watch every word come out of your mouth. Look at two people and tell them, every word you say matters. Every word I say matters. Every word you say is either binding or loosening. Permitting or rejecting. What are your words inviting into your life? Would you ask your neighbor? Come on, I care, care about your neighbor for a minute. Ask your neighbor, what are your words inviting into your life? Well, watch this now. You know the dangerous answer? I haven't thought about that. The most dangerous answer you could have given right there, I haven't thought about that. Because you know what I know for a fact? If you haven't thought about it, then you don't understand the magnitude of it. You don't understand the game you're trying to play. And if you don't understand the game, tell me you're setting up to lose. The, the, the first law of winning is that you got to understand the game. Are you understanding what I'm saying, believers? And as some of you right now, anything come to your mind, come out of your mouth. And then you wonder why you go from crisis to crisis. Y'all hear what I just said? You wonder why, you wonder why all the news in your world is bad. And I'm telling you that it's because the words that come out of your mouth are framing the world you live in. The Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issue of life. Jesus said, take no thought saying, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Somebody shout, every word I say matters. Somebody in the realm of the spirit is waiting on your words. Why? Because somebody trying to get their agenda done in your life. But they can't do it without your words. Look at verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Tell somebody quit harassing your help. Don't grieve your help, which means to make him sorrowful. Don't offend the Holy Ghost. Don't make it uneasy for God to be with you. Y'all got that? Now what that means is that if I'm going to live in the head, somebody shout, I got to get the Holy Ghost. I got to give the Holy Ghost medium to work in my life. He got to have access. He's got to have answers. He's got to be the one speaking into my life. I got to be the one yielding and listening to his direction. Now look at John chapter 4 verse 30. And I'm almost halfway done. John 14, I'm sorry, verse 30. Turn there real quick. Because this is not just a great message. This is the truth of what's going on around your life right now. Look somebody tell them nothing happens by accident. Hallelujah. Your life is not an accident. It is a result. The life you see came from the words you said. Woo! Wow. Delicious. That's how God got his world. That's how you got yours. Your problem is you keep saying what you see. Instead of saying what he said. No matter what you see. Listen to what the Bible said. We look not at the things which are seen. Tell somebody, it's time for you to start talking into some, some invisible stuff. Yes. We look at the things which are unseen. Yes. So we speak it into the unseen essential. Y'all yes. got that? Yes. John chapter 14, verse 30. So did you understand how important this hedge is? John 14, 30. Listen to what Jesus said. 
Hereafter, I will not talk much to you. Watch what he says. I'm about to be very careful with my mouth. Notice Jesus said, in this season coming up right here, you're not going to hear a whole lot of talking out of me. Come on. Watch this. Watch this. Listen to what he said. You're not going to hear me saying a lot of words. For the prince of this world is coming. Watch it now. So you're not going to hear a lot of talking out of me. Why? Because he knows he's about to go into the greatest level of warfare that he's ever faced since he's been on. Tell somebody, when you're in a fight, you got to be very selective about your words and your war buddies. He said, watch it now. For the prince of this world cometh. Now watch what he said. And have nothing in me. Come on. Listen to what Jesus said. He said he can't find anything in me. He has no access. And the reason I'm going to watch my words when I'm going through pain is so I don't give him access. The reason, watch it now. I'm about to, listen to what Jesus said. I'm about to go through a lot of stuff that don't look like my father's usual manner. I'm about to be dealing with some stuff that if you understand who I am to my father, tell somebody it won't make sense to the natural eye. And because I know I'm about to go through a crucifixion, which is a contradiction, it seems, to what the father would want to do with me. Why would God want to kill his son? Because I'm, because I'm about to go through a contradiction to man. Look somebody tell me, I got to watch my mouth. So because I don't want to give the enemy any room. Hey, I got to watch every word coming out of my mouth. Why? Because he has. One thing, and you get a extended stay. It's something you should have already graduated from. Yes, this tell one word will see you around the mountain again. You better tell your neighbor one one word can see you around the mountain. The Israelites spent forty years because of their mouths. My God, bring us out here to kill us. This man Moses trying to kill us. He don't care nothing about us. See, like it was better when I was a sinner. See, like it was better when I was out and serving the world. It's not how I these problems when I was out in the world. At least I knew how to give me a little piece of money when I was in the streets. Tell me, you better watch your mouth. Why? Because those words, hey, those words can start a cycle that brings you back to the lowest place you've ever been in your life. Tell me, watch your mouth. wandering 40 years of wandering because of the words that were coming out of their mouth 40 years of wandering because of the words that were coming out of their mouth they didn't understand the danger of speaking certain things in the presence of God y'all hear what I just said so Jesus said I'm about to go through some crazy stuff so you're not going to hear much out of me Tell somebody, your problem is you talk too much in trouble. Yeah, talk too much in trouble. You calling everybody you know to tell them how much trouble you got going in your life. Tell somebody, that's your problem right there. Because every time you repeat it, every time you rehearse it, you reinforce it. Y'all did not hear what I said.
is room for the enemy to dictate your purpose. When you decide you're going to walk in perversion, this is what the Bible said, he that concealeth his sin shall not prosper. My God! God said, oh, you want to be a believer and do this stuff you're doing behind the scenes too? Listen to my time, your work won't work. Y'all hear what I just said? Your work won't work. You'll gather all you can to put it in holding bags that got holes in them. Why? God said, because if you won't live in private, what you prophesy about in public, if you won't live in private, what you see Oh my God. Yes. Anything other than what God intended. Ask somebody, what did God intend for your life? Now you know the wrong answer? I don't know. The answer that concerns me most is I don't know. My God! That's the answer that concerns me more than anything else is I don't know. The Bible told me in the book of Acts that David, after he served God's purpose in his generation, he died. Tell somebody, don't you dare die. Until you have served God's purpose in your generation. Now you know what that tells me? That tells me you were not born here, you were sent here. Look at somebody tell me you ain't nobody's accident. It don't even matter the strange delivery system that got you here. Tell somebody you're here for a purpose. Now, anything other than God's purpose is perversion. Wow. Yes. Are you hearing what I'm telling you right yes. now? Yes. You can't afford to live your life not knowing what God wants you to do with your life. Yes. Y'all got that? Yes. Tell somebody you got to know what you're made from, made for. Yes. So to deviate from the context for which God sent you here is perversion. To live in perversion is to willingly and complicitly rob God of his glory in your life. Oh. Y'all got that, believers? Yes. I see so many believers. You know what they do? Follow the money. And they define, they decide where they're gonna live based on who paying the most. Come on! Pity the fool, as Mr. C was saying. Tell me, you better not follow the money. Look somebody tell me, you better not, you, you step up that neighbor. You better not follow the money. This is what the Bible said. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You can't afford to follow the money. You better follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. What did God say? If I would have followed the money when it was offered to me, I would be pastor right now. Tell them, don't you dare follow the money. Follow the cloud. You got to know what God has purpose concerning your life. Raise your hand if you're a born again believer. You can't just move wherever you want. Come on, come on. I think I'm gonna move to Atlanta. For what? Come on. Hello, somebody. I think I'm gonna move to Texas. Did God say Texas? Who am I talking to? Tell me, you better not just be doing stuff. God told the most prophetic person we know in the Old Testament. He said, I want you to go to the brook chair. There I will feed you. If God said, I'm sending you as a prophet to a specific brook, then that's the one I'm going to feed you in. Just like God may not feed you everywhere you go, but God will always feed you where God sent you. God had somebody there that didn't even know they were supposed to bless him. Show up, she don't know you the one. She don't even know why she got this little bit left 
Yes. You can't just do whatever you want. Come on, tell somebody, you can't just do whatever you want. All right. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. Let's what it also said. You are not your own. You can't just be going wherever you want. You can't just quit a job whenever you want to. Yeah. I have some believers in this house tonight. What about your assignment? Ask somebody, what about your assignment? You letting your aggravation trump your assignment. Who am I talking to right now? You running the HR when you should be running the home office. Y'all hear what I'm just saying right now? And instead of running the HR, you want to be going to the home office. And why it is you got me working with this aggravated person? Why? Because you're the person that I'm anointed to perfect your just be raised by a parent. You know the problem with many of us? You know what all of this is? Religion. Sadly, this is religion for you. Yes. My God. Show us how to pray, Jesus. Our Father. Tell us my Father ain't no religion. It's a relationship. It ain't about no religion. It's not about denomination. It's not about churchianity. It's a relationship. You gotta start engaging God's will for your life as a matter of good parenting. You're not your own. Get that through your head. You don't belong to you. You don't get to get mad and decide what you're gonna do. That's right. Hello, somebody. Tell somebody if you make decisions mad, you are in your flesh. We don't even need to pray to see. We don't need to. We don't need to pray to see. Come on. If you make decisions mad, you're in your flesh. Lastly. Infractions. How the enemy get room in the lives of believers? Somebody shout infractions. Infractions are room for the enemy to incarcerate you. Wow. Ever wonder how believers end up in bondage? Wow. Come on. Have you?
Have you ever wondered how born again believers end up in bondage? You know they're in bondage. How did you get in bondage? Somebody shout infractions. Infractions. If you commit something that's against the law, you can be arrested. Even if you're a citizen. Come on. Woo, delicious. Even if you're the president's son. Your relationship with God cannot keep you from arrest. Now, now why? Because say with me, the law is the law. Y'all hear that? So there are believers that end up arrested, incarcerated, locked down. Why? Because of infractions. Oh, come on, somebody. Violations. Of you had one law to keep. You ready for it? Come on. Love. Hey! Hey! And when you walk in unforgiveness, you're violating the law called love. You can be incarcerated. Yes. Yes. Hello, somebody. Somebody shout, it's illegal to walk in unforgiveness as a believer. See, these are technicalities that open doors. Colossians 3.13, and I'm done with it. It says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Watch this. If any man have anything against anyone, even as Christ forgave him, you must, say must, you must also forgive. Y'all got that? First Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Yes. You got that? Yes. So now here's the point. When you decide you're going to walk in unforgiveness, uh. you decide you're going to walk in bitterness, Come on. you decide that you're not going to operate in the way that God has told you to. Mm. These are incarceratable offenses. Oh, my God. You can be arrested. Yes. If you couldn't, the church would never need to do deliverance. Why would the church be breaking you out of jail if you couldn't be arrested? Oh. Yes. I mean, think about it. Why would we need to be doing deliverance on saved people? Uh -huh. Now, the question is, you need to figure out what got you locked up. Yeah. Oh. Jesus is Lord. Violated the law. Wow. Tell somebody, you got one law. Got one law. Love. love. Now, it's pretty simple. If you love God, you're not going to be offering sexuality to anybody but a spouse. If you offer sexuality to somebody other to a spouse, tell somebody you can be arrested. You can be arrested. You can be arrested. You violating the law. Come on. God. The law of love. The law of love. Y'all hear me, believers? When you speak against someone evil, come on. And you speak negatively to the degree you're trying to steal their influence from another person. Come on. You can be arrested. You can be arrested. You will be arrested. Your gossip. Wonder how your gossip depressed you? The most depressed people are gossipers. Yes. That's why they gossip because they try to get their situation off their mind. Yes. They talk about your business because their business is out of control. Yes. You can't be arrested. These are incarceratable offenses. Now listen, here's what we're gonna do. We're about to close some doors. Standing feet if you would in this place. We're about to close some doors. Some of you right now that have unwittingly, mean unintentionally and without your knowledge, you've opened doors in your life 
that the cause you some problems and you don't know where these problems coming from. If you think it's you, I want you to come to this altar. We're going to close some doors. We're going to seal some doors. We're going to believe God that favor and fullness and grace and new things will bring spring forth in your life. Amen? Now I know I'm talking to the right